tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. That was a quote that always stood out to me. Hey, hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope everything is going great in your life or you are setting new goals and you are definitely manifesting them. So let's speak on friendships. That quote, it really meant a lot to me. And I honestly used to think, I don't need anybody to tell me who my friends are. I know exactly who they are. They're the ones who've been here through thick and thin. They're the ones who have my back. 100 emoji under every single thing that they say. I'll put a 100 emoji over everything. No. I was wrong. See, when it came to friendships, I chose people that did not choose me. I chose people that were manipulative. I chose people that wanted something from me. They were greedy. I chose people that were not trustworthy. I chose people that were liars. I chose the wrong crowd. And when it comes to choosing friends, choose those that choose you. Because people, they'll choose you. And once they choose you, they'll feel like they have you. Then they'll get you in a trick bag, pretty much, and wrapped up in what they have going on in their lives and who they are. Then you'll lose yourself. But if you have a true friend or you have true friends, you should never lose yourself in them. You should only grow with them. With that being said, sometimes you have to realize that everybody that's for you is not actually for you. If they don't seek your best interest in heart, those are not your friends at all. Because if you have friends, they're supposed to be the ones that are there with you through it all. To be honest, friends are more like family. That's how your friends should be. If you have friendships and they don't feel like family to you, then those are not your friends. I don't know who you got getting in your car. I don't know who you got sleeping on your couch. I don't know who you got eating up all your food, but um, homegirl is not your friend. Homeboy, he ain't your friend. Because guess what they doing? They coming to your house, sleeping on your couch, eating up your food, getting in your car, wasting your gas money, and doing everything that a friend is supposed to do. And they got another friend that you don't know nothing about. They got a friend that they going back, telling your business, telling everything that pretty much happens in your life, not the good, the bad. They're going back saying, oh, yeah, so-and-so down bad. This happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. That's why you have to choose your friends wisely. Those who you think are for you, might not always be for you. And you're going to have to find that out the hard way. It's something that we all have to deal with. It's something that we all continue to deal with. To be honest, the more you grow, the more your circle will lessen. Right now, I don't even, I'm not even trying to make a circle. I'm trying to make whatever shape it's trying to make. Whatever shape you give me, God, that's what I'm going to create. That's it. I'm not worried about a circle at all. My friendships are good right now because I chose people that chose me. I have people that I can actually pour into and they can pour into me. I'm not choosing people that are just going to sit here and manipulate me and use me for everything because people will definitely use you. They will use you for everything that you have. And once you give it all away, it's over. There's nothing else to talk about. 
It's nothing else. Oh, remember those memories? Keep those memories. Those memories, they mean a lot to you. So just keep them. Keep the text messages. Actually, don't keep the text messages unless you really, I guess, want to. You don't even have to keep the photos. But whatever you want to keep, you can keep all those memories in the back of your head. But get rid of that person. And to be honest, it's okay to lose people. It's okay to lose friends. Everybody that grows with you do not have to go with you. Meaning you can always, always, you can come back to people. If you need some time apart from a person in order to grow, then do that. Or if that person does not suit your life anymore, then they have to go. And it's no offense to anybody. You want better, you get better. That's it. So just choose who you call your friend. And friends, they're the ones that should be your biggest support system. A lot of my friends, I tell them stuff that I don't even tell my family. I'm closer with them than I might be closer with family. And hey, that's just real. It's the type of bond we have. It's no disrespect to anybody or anything. It's just the type of bond we have. Shoot, me and my friends, we're close. We're super close. Blood couldn't even make us closer. That's how close we are. And I feel that I have the right group of friends. Yes, as individuals, we all still need to grow. Everybody needs to grow. And you never stop growing. That's fine. We're all young. But when it comes to friends, please choose the right crowd. Or try to choose the right crowd. Or at least choose people that choose you. And also, when it comes to your friends, support them. As much as they support you, you need to support them. A friendship should feel like a relationship because everything should be 50-50. Everything should be reciprocated. Everything. If your friend has a business, buy into their business. You don't have to really just buy into it with money. You can buy into it with your time. You can produce ideas for your friends. And they can produce actual products or market things based off of your ideas and who knows you could get a cut but you would never know because y'all don't buy into y'all friends y'all sit here and y'all watch them grow businesses by themselves and y'all do nothing to support them then you look for a cut because that's your homeboy or your homegirl no where were you when I was asking for likes, where were you when I was posting all my stuff? You weren't retweeting anything. You weren't posting anything. You weren't texting anybody anything. You weren't sending out my links. No, I don't give you any credit. You're not a part of my success. And that's exactly how your friends would be. That's exactly how they would be. And they have every right. Because my friends, I don't care who it is. Oh, I'm buying into your business. Oh, you said you wanted to start doing hair Oh, let me tell you. Okay, so I have a friend. She does hair. She does locks. Um, I'm going to refer her to you. I have you. I have you. That's it. That's all. I got your back. Oh, I got a friend who, you know, they want to sell clothes. So, yeah, she has a boutique. Oh, I'm going to refer you to her. You said you wanted a cute outfit for your birthday? Say less. Say no more. I have the perfect person for that. She will get you together. Oh, you said you wanted to work on your mind, body, and 
your overall being. You want to be healthy and eat healthier. You want to work out. I have friends for that. I have friends for that. Here, I'll shoot them a DM. Here, I'll give you their number. They're looking for people that they can help out and change their lives. So you say that you need my friends? Oh, guess what? You got them. Because it's just that simple. Put your friends on, and I bet you they'll put you on. You never know how you can benefit from somebody once you pour into them. It's not it's not hard at all. It's not. You just have to choose friends that choose you. Because in the long run, you will see how your life is developed based off of your friendships. You might not think about it, but your life is definitely going to affect your friendships in some way, somehow. Those that were there in the beginning, they see nothing but substantial growth. They see that you're developing new ways. They see that you're implementing things. They see a more positive person. Rather than in, you know, the end or whatever season, because just like seasons, friends change. They might be going through something in their lives and they might not tell you about it. And you think, oh, well, here she go again. She on Facebook or she's on IG and she just keeps on complaining about her life and talking about everything. And I'm trying to be there for her, but whatever. Here he goes again. He keeps complaining about everything. And I just, I keep on trying to be there for him, but whatever. Don't give up on your friends. Honestly, those that are going through something, give them grace. Give them grace by understanding that life is hard. And that they might not always want to pick up the phone. They might not always want to talk. They might not always be having a good day. Give them grace. And when you give them grace, that means that you're understanding that no matter what the circumstance or the situation is, at the end of the day, if they are not treating you bad, if they are not coming at you crazy, or if there is no problem, then... Just give that person their space. Let them be distant for a while. They'll come around when the time is right. Or sometimes you have to go grab your friends. I know with me, my friends sometimes have to come grab me. Um, We're getting out the house. Okay, but I don't have any money. I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask you if you didn't have any money. I said, we're getting out the house. I'm about to come pick you up. Be ready in 10 minutes. Okay, say less. That's the type of friends you need in your circle because that's the type of friends I have. Oh, you don't have to worry about paying me back. That's nothing. Girl, you you good. You're good. Um, I'm good? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. And I make sure I tell my friends I appreciate them every time, every single day. Anything that they do for me, I make sure I appreciate you. I appreciate you to the fullest. I want them to know that they are appreciated. Because no matter what they do for me, it will be reciprocated when the time comes. I never forget about my friends and the people that have been around me and have helped me and have helped me to grow. Never forget about those people. Even if you aren't still friends with those people, never forget about them. Somehow, some way, reach out to them. 
Tell them like, hey, thank you. And matter of fact, it shouldn't even get to the point where y'all are not on talking terms anymore. It should be where you're telling this person this in the friendship already. Tell your friends that you love them, even if it is weird. Even if you don't say you love anybody, tell your friends you love them. Because they might need to hear that. They might not understand what love is, but you can definitely find love in friendships. Because love and friendships can go so far. It can help out so many things and so many people. You never know. So with that being said, let's make the right decisions when it comes to our friends. Build those friendships that pour into you when you pour into them. Because pigeons can't soar with eagles. That's another quote that stuck out to me. You think about it, pigeons. They're those annoying birds that poop everywhere. And they're just always making noises and just doing everything. And you're just like, ugh, pigeons. And then you have eagles. When was the last time you've actually seen an eagle? If you live in the States, pretty much, depending on what state you live in, you've never seen an eagle. Now, you've seen them in books. Oh, yeah, we've seen them all the time in books. We see them on the Nature Channel and everything. But eagles, they're very rare. They're the type of birds that you don't see. They're not the common birds at all. So when you think of pigeons and you think of eagles, two totally different birds but the same species, one is limited to where it's supposed to go. It's only supposed to reach certain heights. It's only supposed to eat certain foods. It's only supposed to go certain places. It's limited. Whereas the eagle, it sees more. It soars higher. It's rare. Be that eagle. Be the one that nobody can soar with you. Stand out in a crowd because... Everybody wants to do the same thing. Everybody wants to ride the same way. Ride your own way. Find your own voice. Be your own person. It's too many people out here that are trying to be the same. And it's not enough originality. Be original. Find some original group of friends. Don't find those friends that want to do all the same things. Or the ones that want to just do whatever it is they do. Find some friends that actually have different interests. You don't always have to have common interests to have friends. Y'all might vibe on a different level. Y'all might connect spiritually. Y'all might connect um, in music. Y'all might connect in art. It doesn't matter what it is. But whatever it is, just find some friends that have different mindsets. It's great to have people that have different mindsets because if you're around people that have the same mindsets, it gets boring. I don't know about y'all. But it gets boring. I'm the type of person that I like to tap into a lot of different things. As I would say, phases. I go through so many phases that I am just trying to find what it is that I like and trying to find what it is that I don't like and just try new things. I went through a phase where I listened to reggae and dance hall music and it it was great. Like... It was nothing wrong with that. And I still listen to it. I go through a phase where I was working out and doing all types of sports. And I still work out to this day, but I don't play sports as much. I used to be a hooper, y'all. Y'all would never 
probably no, you would guess it. But I don't hoop like I used to, and I used to run track as well. But I probably can't even run a hundred that good. Well, I'm not gonna say never because if I get challenged, oh, I if money is on the line, definitely I'm I'm coming first place. <laughs> I'm just that I'm just that good. I might not be, but I'm. You're not gonna know that until I put until I'm put to the test. But. Other than that, yeah, have people that have different interests. Another phase I have, I like poetry. For a minute, I stopped with the poetry, but now I'm back with it. Go to an art show or do ride bikes or go on nature walks. Do something. There's so much to do. But people want to do the same stuff. Girl, you want to go to this party? Yeah, girl. I'm going to get dressed in about... Give me an hour and a half. I got to do my makeup and everything. It's the same party, the same people, same dances, the same songs. Ugh, boring. Where is my atmosphere? Please, somebody. I am asking for my atmosphere. Girl, you want to go take this trip to Atlanta? Sure, I've never been to Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta before. But sure, I've never been to Atlanta and yeah, we're going to go to the museum and we're going to go to Cascades. That's my biggest thing. I want to go to Cascades so bad. I've never been. And the next time I'm in Atlanta, I plan on going to Cascades. You never know what time. It might happen soon, but who knows? I'm I'm praying for it. I am definitely praying for it. Get with people that want to explore the world. Be that eagle and have a group of eagles with you. Don't have pigeons. The pigeons are the ones that want to kick it all the time. They want to go to the same stuff. No, that gets boring. No, I don't want to do that. Matter of fact, you can have different friend groups. Have the people that vibe with you with the music and the arts and the poetry. Have those people. They like to do the spoken word and tap into their inner emotions. Or have the people that want to, you know, kick it. That's fine. Girl, we about to go to this club. Okay. All right, we about to do this. We about to do that. Okay, okay. Have the people that want to draw, that like art. Have the people that like to do nails. Girl, let me get you together real quick. Do hair. Girl, let me do your hair, you know. Let me, let me line you up real quick, bruh. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, line up on me. It's so many different varieties of friend groups. And we sit here and we limit ourselves and choose the same people. Why? Don't limit yourself. Never limit yourself. You are a variety in yourself. You have so much to explore. So you might want to rethink them friend groups sometimes. It's okay. We all outgrow people. So my message to you is tell me who your friends are. And I'll tell you who you are. When it comes to a relationship, how you keep a person is how you get them at the beginning. So whatever it was, the charm, the excitement, the love that brought you and that person together, 
you have to keep that going. But understand, there are things worth repeating over and over and over again. It doesn't have to be the same exact things. And not to the point where it gets boring. Because it's evident nobody wants a boring relationship. I am not trying to sit up in your house and Netflix and chill with you every single weekend. I'm just not. I'm trying to get out the house and explore more than just your living room and TV screen. We watched like a movie marathon. I might have fallen asleep on one, didn't pay attention to the others. And by the third movie, I probably was so confused as to what was going on. And shoot, I think I seen you nodding off too. Don't play like you weren't because I definitely saw you. Y'all men, if it's one thing about y'all, y'all have no trouble falling asleep. In the middle of a conversation, sleep. Watching TV, sleep. Unless it's a football game because for some odd reason, when football season come around, y'all just got all this rejuvenated energy that comes out of nowhere. Y'all got all this energy to scream and yell at the TV, but don't have no energy to do nothing else. On the phone, getting ready to go to sleep. Just got done eating. Oh, now you knocked out. Y'all are some of the most relaxed creatures on this planet. I think y'all so relaxed because y'all reserve all y'all energy to do other things. Like get on our last nerves. Yes, the women. Y'all can relate because your man, he be so relaxed in the house or just so relaxed doing anything. And he uses all of that energy that he doesn't use to get on your last nerves. While you sit here and you get to fussing and fighting and acting all crazy or whatever or whatnot, and he's just so relaxed and so calm. Mm. I'm convinced. So Netflix, are you still watching? Hell no. If I like you or if I love you, I need to know what you like and don't like. What are your wants and what are your needs? Okay. I might know your favorite food. I might know your favorite color. I know your favorite movie and genre of music, rapper, songs, and all of that. But that's just not quite enough. I need to know you on a more intimate level. And we need to be able to understand each other on a more intimate level. And with that being said, love languages. Do you like walks in the park? Here, I'm going to sit closer to you so you can put your arm around me. Yeah, just like that. Physical touch. I bought this for you. I remember you mentioning it was one of your favorites. Love languages can consist just about anything. According to counselor and author, Dr. Gary Chapman, there are a total of five love languages, which are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. So, what is your love language? Well, you have to figure that out for yourself. What is it that you like to do? For instance, my love language is quality time. I don't care where I am with my partner. As long as I'm spending time with you, it doesn't matter. But I don't want to just be in the house spending time with you. I want to be out having an adventure. I want every day to feel like a new adventure. I want to wake up in the morning and be like, ah, what's next? Because I just want it to just be exciting. I want it to be where we have things planned for each other. 
or I come up with the plans and you just, you know, you just come pick me up or we meet halfway, whatever it is. I love quality time. I like going out. Definitely to restaurants. Restaurants are my favorite. So if it's quality time with food, oh, you definitely got me. I also, I really like receiving gifts. Receiving gifts to me could just be about anything. You know, it could be, oh, hey, you know, I got this for you. I was thinking about you or even <laughs> even food. That could be a gift as well. You know, you stop my stomach from growling. So it's a gift to me. Thank you. Love it. Words of affirmation. I definitely love that as well. Tell me I'm doing a good job. You know, tell me how much I mean to you. And I'll definitely tell you how much you mean to me as well. I need to hear positive things rather than being around negativity all the time. And if you want to hear the same, I definitely got you. You don't have to wait for me to start saying positive affirmations to you. They're already going to come. I make sure that the people I'm around feel loved and appreciated. And if you don't feel loved and appreciated by me, then I will definitely make it my mission for you to feel loved and appreciated because there's nothing worse than not feeling appreciated by someone you love. So also, according to Dr. Gary Chapman, demonstrating love languages promotes selflessness, creates empathy, maintains intimacy, aids personal growth, and it shares love in a meaningful way. But love languages, they change based on the person you're around. So, for instance, I might like quality time with my significant other or whoever it is I'm with. But with my friends, I might like receiving gifts and words of affirmation. You know, I want to push you. You want to push me. So I'm going to give you positive words and I'm going to encourage you every step. You know, it's my birthday. I'm going to expect to get a gift. I'm I'm not really. I'm not the type of person to expect to get anything. If you honestly give me like $5, I probably would cry because I do not expect gifts. But when it happens, I am so grateful because it just means so much to me. Like, wow, you went out of your way to give me a gift. Oh, that's so sweet of you. And then if I'm with my significant other, definitely physical touch as well. When I see you, we should automatically hug, fist bump, do something. Don't just, hey, you know, and just get in the car, just, you know, I just sit on your couch or something. No, like, I definitely want to kiss you, hug you, something, because you're not about to just be around me and we have no type of physical touch. That's weird. But love language is definitely something that a person should understand. And you should always be willing to understand your significant other's love language. Because once you understand somebody's love language, you understand them on the most deepest level possible. And you learn to love them better. And if you're in a relationship, why wouldn't you want to love your partner any better? You want to be there for them all the time. So when they're down, do things like give them words of encouragement. Tell them that they're going to be okay. Tell them that, you know, days like this are not going to always happen. Tell them that they're stronger than what they've been through and they can overcome just about anything. Spend quality time with them. 
Make sure they're not always the ones that are coming to get you. Go get them. Go meet each other halfway. Make them feel wanted. Kissing, touching, caressing is all a part of love. You cannot have love without it. Yes, it might feel weird in the beginning, but the more you practice it, it will start to feel normal. Therefore, physical touch is a big part of love language when it comes to relationships. Acts of service. Do something nice for a person. Don't just always have them do something nice for you. Reciprocate that energy. And I am so big on reciprocation. It's nothing worse than doing things and going out of your way for a person that doesn't do or show up for you. No. At that point, you just have to understand, like, you know what? I'm tired of doing stuff for her. Um, It's about time that she does something for me. And in all honesty, speak up. If a person knows your love language and they know that you love acts of service, then speak up. Say, hey, you know, you don't do this for me or you don't do that for me, you know. Don't just get quiet and get mad like, you know what, I'm so sick and tired of him just not picking up on my love language. I'm so sick and tired of him just not understanding things. I don't put nothing out there. You know, I sit to myself pretty much and, you know, I drop hints on Instagram and whatever else and whatnot, but I don't communicate anything with him. How is he supposed to know what you want? Communication is key. And definitely receiving gifts. It should be evident that in order to have love language, you have to reciprocate. You have to, you have to, you have to. Receiving gifts is a big part. Go out your way and do something nice for your significant other. Oh, wow, you bought that for me? You know how great it feels when a person receives a gift and it's not on their birthday or it's not on Christmas or if it's not on a holiday. One thing I say about me, I don't like the holidays that much. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with the holidays. But if I have a significant other or whoever it is in my life, friends, family members, it doesn't matter. You're not going to just get gifts on the holidays. Holidays are not just for getting gifts. Anytime I think about you or anytime I want to do something for you, hey, I just got paid. I got a little extra money on the side. I might as well slide him a few dollars. Hey, I just got paid. I just got a few extra dollars. I might as well just go ahead and get my homegirl together. You know, she said that she wanted to get a full set. She doesn't have all the money, but I can slide her a few dollars her way to get her full set. You know, she's been looking a little, um, you know a little different lately um, with that hairstyle. So, you know, I might as well slide my homegirl a few dollars to get her hair done. It's nothing wrong with that. Receiving gifts. Shoot, give me a gift card to IHOP or something. Don't, I love IHOP. Like, IHOP is, is my number one. Well, yeah, probably my number one. I love breakfast food. So... If you give me an IHOP gift card, I'm going to take you out with me because not only are we spending quality time, you know, that's one of your acts of service and you receive the, and I received the gift. Oh man, you outdoing yourself. Okay. Okay. I see exactly how it is.
So, love languages, they are not that hard. They could be found in just about anywhere. Friends, family, and they all change. No one's love language is completely alike. That's why when you learn a person's love language and they love your love language, they know how to relate to you on the most deepest level possible. Shoot, to be honest, remember when I said that my love language was receiving gifts? I will never forget my freshman year of college is how I met my best friend off of three soft tacos. What happened was I was outside with one of her friends and we were talking and she walked up. I didn't know who this girl was. And she said to him, what are you doing? You talking this girl's head off to death. And what is what is he talking to you about? And I remember her having three soft. She had tacos in her bag and it was three soft tacos. And she said, I don't think I'm going to eat all these tacos. Would y'all want these? I said I would take them. At that time, I don't know what it was, but I was so hungry. And I took some tacos back to my room and I smashed them. And they were so good. And I told her, like, you know, thank you for those tacos. And ever since then, we became the best of friends. We became the best of friends. We had classes and stuff together. We went to go get those same tacos Every time I got chicken quesadillas, but she got tacos. But either way, we connected on a deeper level. Why? Because we shared something. We would share quality time going to get those tacos. And we're still friends to this day. Crazy. Over some tacos, right? When you learn somebody's love language, you never know what it's going to entail. You can meet your best friend. You can meet your significant other just because y'all shared something. It's nothing greater than sharing a moment or being around somebody and going past your favorite places like, oh, I remember I did that with so-and-so. I did that with so-and-so. Or sharing new experiences with people. So is it important to know somebody's love language? It's very important to know someone's love language. If I love you, then I'm going to understand your language. Not the way you talk, but what's all that involves you. Hey, I hope everybody's had a great day, and I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. I hope y'all all got a chance to enjoy some good food and some great company and some great conversations. Not those awkward conversations you have at the dinner table like, oh, how's school going? How do you think school is going? I'm sitting up here mentally destroying myself. I have finals coming up. I have midterms before finals. I got all of this that I need to do. I got a 10-page paper. You tell me what you think is going on. Because, man, when I had to have them conversations at the dinner table, I just would think in my mind, well, um, college is great. Um, yeah, college is great. It's going good. My grades are good. How's my mental health? Oh, that was a question that never got asked. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, eh, whatever. But I hope you guys got a chance to bring dishes and not just bring nothing. Like, you, I feel like you could bring something to the table. First of all, I hate that reference, what do you bring to the table? But we're not talking about, like, as in, like, a relationship type of thing. I'm talking about as in, like, your presence. I hope you're not one of them family members that come in and bring a drama like, 
oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in so long. And when I see her, you know, for Thanksgiving and she try to say anything, we're going to have a clap back because nobody, nobody wants to be around that type of negativity. It's Thanksgiving. You're supposed to be enjoying your holiday and having fun and being thankful for your loved ones and all the people around you that helped you get this far and got you to the point of where you need to be pretty much. Families always pick the time to try to argue during the holidays. Well, some families, not all families. Some families are actually, you know, put together better, I would say. And then some families are just, you know, misunderstood. So all in all, if you were, you know, the conversation starter, but the funny conversation starter, say you had like jokes or you... You did funny things that, you know, got your family laughing or, you know, you were the entertainment. I hope you brought something. I hope, you know, you brought the prayer or you brought the mac and cheese because I love mac and cheese. Let's let's get into that. I'm sorry. I love mac and cheese so much. I was looking forward to two things on Thanksgiving and it was definitely one, not the turkey. It was the mac and cheese and the sweet potatoes. The combination together, mwah, chef's kiss, let me tell you, because I don't look for nothing else on Thanksgiving. I used to eat ham. I used to eat ham all the time, but since I stopped eating pork, I don't look forward to anything. Like, I couldn't even enjoy the greens this year because I had to remember they were made with pork in them, of course, because my family is black, so... They, you know, cook with a lot of things that have pork inside of it. So I definitely decided to pay for that one because I wanted some greens. Um, I don't like chitlins or chitterlings, whatever you want to call them. I've never liked them. Not a fan. Not at all. Well, with that being said, let's get into another podcast. So do you think you're a good friend? Or do people say you're a good friend? Or do you feel like you could improve on your friendship? Well, I know for me, I used to think I was a good friend all the time. Because of the simple fact that I was loyal. I was trustworthy. I was always there for my friends. You know, I made my friends happy. I made them laugh. You know, I'm the type of person, I tell jokes all the time. And you can never really take me serious. Like, I'll do something so stupid, like, I'll go off on you and have you thinking I'm serious and you just looking at me like, oh my gosh, did she really just do that? And I just start laughing because it's like, no, don't take me serious. It was all a joke. But I don't know. Sometimes, you know, joking around can kind of be hurtful. I had to learn that the hard way because how I play around with my friends, majority of them get it. Others can possibly be more sensitive, but that's why you get a chance to learn different people and personalities. You can't categorize all your friends in the same category. You just can't. Well, like I said, I thought I was a good friend because I didn't do anything as far as backstabbing. I didn't lie. I didn't try to mess around with your boyfriend or, you know, try to spread rumors about you or try to just, you know, be evil and hateful like majority of all these people out here sometimes be no I didn't think about doing all of that because I'm not that type of person but I had a conversation with my friend today and I was telling her 
Like, yeah. So my first time being at a baby shower was in 2020. But mind you, majority of my friends all have kids. And I had to plan my sister's baby shower and I didn't really know what I was doing. I had no experience because, you know, most people, they go to baby showers and, you know, they're happy, having fun. They got the food, the games and stuff together. But, you know, it could be really, really stressful if you don't know what you're doing. But once you get everything together, it all falls into place. But for me, it was a whole different ball game. I had to get the place. I had to look for caterers and get a menu together, get games together. Um, My sister, she got the list of people that she wanted there. You know, we had to send out invitations. Um, She didn't have a baby registry, which I wish she would have. But, you know, we weren't thinking, honestly. And it it turned out pretty well, better than I expected, because I'm not going to lie to you. I was definitely stressed because I had never been to a baby shower. Like I said, I had only been to two baby showers in the month of, well, no, I only been to two baby showers in my whole entire, like pretty much 26 years of living. Well, I'm not going to say 26 years of living because anyways, you get what I'm trying to say. So I've never been to a baby shower before 2020 I should say okay there we go and my second time being at a baby shower was this year in 2021 so I only got a chance to experience two baby showers and mind you they were totally different one was a little bit more relaxed you know we played games at the table we didn't really do too much interactions with people the other one, it was more interactive. It was funny. It got you up. It got you thinking. You know, everybody was pretty much interactive with each other. It wasn't like, you know, anybody standing off or anything. So looking at those two, I tried to base my sister's baby shower off of what I wanted in my plan. So like I said, it wasn't bad, but I thought about it. Why haven't I been to all my other friends' baby showers? Mind you, one reason why I hadn't been to my friends' baby showers is because I was in college. So it's hard pretty much trying to, you know, be a student. And I was also doing sports as well. So, you know, track and field, cross country. So it's kind of hard trying to be a student and then also being in college and then also being an athlete like that's three different personalities in one I have to show up for myself and my teammates you know I have to make sure my grades are good I have to make sure I'm eating good sleeping good taking care of my body taking care of myself and then I have to go to class I have to make sure I'm on time or if I'm not on time I'm at least close to it I have to you know, get in a classroom and figure out what it is that we're going to do for the day. I have to turn in all my assignments. I have to type 10 page papers and whatnot. Like, oh my goodness, it's so much. Then I also have to learn how to be myself, which means I have to learn to put leisure time. I have to take out the time to do stuff for myself, get my hair done, Stop worrying about a paper that's not due for like another couple months. Yeah, get it done maybe halfway or if you're like me, I'm a procrastinator. 
like maybe a week before it's due and then, you know, just kind of cram. I don't know why, but my technique in college, I like to cram. So I would have an assignment and it wouldn't motivate me until maybe like the last week or like maybe the last couple weeks. That way I would feel more motivated to just get it done. And even though, you know, people tell you that you shouldn't cram, I don't know. It's like everybody has their own technique and their own way of doing things. And I feel like my way of doing things kind of worked better for me because I feel like I work better under pressure. So, yeah, it was a lot. And I guess at that point, I kind of neglected my friends. I know I neglected myself. That's for certain. Because I decided that I didn't know if I wanted to be in college anymore. And I wasn't really going to class. I wasn't showing up for myself. I wasn't showing up um, trying to be an athlete or anything. So what happened? I got kicked out. As you would call, sapped student appeal process which means bye-bye you failed we'll see you next semester you're done first of all when I first got to college I told myself I would never get sad because SAP student appeal process that'll never be me I always used to go to class I always used to do everything that was asked of me I wasn't a teacher's pet or anything, but I was a good student. I had the grades, and throughout being in school, I always played sports. So that's why I had the grades, because I wanted to play sports. So when I got to college, I was thinking, huh, well, that would never be me. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. When I had to write why I could come back to college that was like the weirdest thing ever because I feel like I should have never got kicked out in the first place and here I am I don't even remember what it was 20 if I'm not mistaken it was 2018 when this happened yeah it was 2018 when this happened because I got back in, yeah, January 2018. Okay, yeah. So I got kicked out the end of 2017. Well, the summer of 2017. After after summer break. Yeah, that's pretty much when they told me, like, hey, you failed. I could have beat myself up and been down about it, of course. But I decided I was just going to go ahead and write that SAP appeal. And apparently it got approved. But the thing is, it was already too late because I had gave up and I told myself, well, I'm not about to keep on calling and calling and emailing and not hearing nothing. Obviously, I'm sapped. So even though I had to write the student appeal process, maybe they just didn't accept it. And then to find out that it was accepted. But... I really have to learn to turn my notifications off and like alarms and stuff. For some odd reason, I have a 1030 alarm set, I guess, for like my dog to brush his teeth. So that's what that was about. I do not like pausing in the middle of my podcast at all. I think it's very, I wouldn't say unprofessional, but eh, quote unquote unprofessional. So, back to the story. Yeah, um, I needed a break. I mentally needed a break. I felt like I wasn't ready for 
college like I should have been. I should have actually thought about being in college rather than the thought of actually being grown and on my own, I guess. I don't know. And being away from my friends and family kind of got depressing. But the thing is, I had friends that were back home that I really did not keep in touch with. And I thought about one of my friends was pregnant. I couldn't go to her baby shower because the summer that we were supposed to go to college together, she told me that she was pregnant and I didn't get a chance to make it to her baby shower, but my sister went. So I was happy about that at least. And then another one of my friends got pregnant and I couldn't make it to her baby shower. I got the invitation and everything. I should have sent a gift, but I didn't. And I didn't make it to that one. And my sister, she went. I have a twin sister, so she's pretty much like my replacement. If I don't go somewhere, she goes. So that counts as me, me and a half, or whatever you want to call it. So she went, but she didn't stay. But she dropped off the gift. So I felt like, you know, that was that was enough. Then I had another friend. She was pregnant. When I found out she was having a baby, I didn't go to her baby shower either. And then I was just like, wow, okay, well, now she's pregnant. And I had another friend that was pregnant and she invited me to her baby shower, but it was out of town and I felt so bad. Actually, I'll take it back. It wasn't a baby shower. It was actually a birthday party. Yeah, it was actually a birthday party. Um, I could have possibly been invited to her baby shower. And I feel like maybe it was on her heart to invite me. But even though she invited me to his first birthday party, that was enough. So I thought to myself, well, I just won't go. But at the same time, I didn't really check on the friends that were pregnant. Okay, so my sister... Just had a baby yesterday. Yay! I'm an auntie of five. I'm so happy. All of my kids. I'm the rich auntie, y'all. I have rich auntie vibes. I am not getting pregnant anytime soon. Let me tell you that because everybody is trying to wish pregnancy on me and I'm thinking, no. No, you're not going to do that, okay? Because I'm not ready yet. So y'all can hold off. I have a dog for a reason. This is my kid. So anyways. My sister was giving birth yesterday and I listened to her scream and act like a crazy maniac and she had her birth normal. Well, rec- well, normal, I guess that's what you want to say. There was no and there was no epidural. There was no gas and she didn't have to have a C-section. Yeah, so natural. That's what it is. Wow. Sometimes I don't understand why I can't think she had a natural birth. And I was so proud of her because the doctors were trying to say, like, oh, maybe you can have an epidural. And she was thinking, okay, I can have an epidural. And I said no because I was on FaceTime with her. I was like, no, she's not having an epidural because of the simple fact that she's going to have a natural birth. If she's already at four centimeters, I hang up and I call back and she's at six centimeters. What makes you think that she needs an epidural? She's going to be halfway there before she even knows it. All she has to do is endure the pain and push. That's it. That's all. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Well, why can't she have an epidural? Because I said so. So then the nurse pretty much, she got um, persuaded not to give her the epidural. And I'm so glad that, you know, they decided to listen to me. 
But listening to her go through all of that, it made me think in my mind, wow, my friends literally went through all their pregnancies. And the only result that I knew of was them actually having a baby. I didn't know the after effects of it. I didn't know what was going on with them. And maybe I wasn't a good friend like I should have been. I have another friend going through breakups and everything and whatnot. And instead of just, you know, watching the story or instead of just listening, I should have been giving advice. I should have been trying to tell them like, well, you know, this isn't the end for you. You don't have to sit up here. You don't have to drink. You don't have to smoke. You don't have to do all these unhealthy habits. You know, if you want to talk, let's talk. I don't have to be your therapist because, you know, um, that's not what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about it and then we're going to make a plan. And by the next time I pretty much talk to you or within this same conversation, you're going to figure out what it is that you're going to do to keep moving forward. And I thought to myself, wow, um, now I understand why people say that they're so lonely sometimes because they'll be looking for somebody to talk to. Or, you know, they'll be expecting their friends to pretty much show up for them like they should, and they don't. Because I'm not going to lie, I was the same type of person. I wasn't healed at all. I wasn't. It didn't take until pretty much a year later. So, last year in 2020, I was not doing good at all. And then... This year, in 2021, I feel like I have healed tremendously. I have honestly dug deeper into myself and into my inner child to the point where I understand what all I went through. I understand that I didn't know what was going on, so I couldn't control things. I couldn't make things better. I just had to pretty much get through it and cope with it. And although, you know, certain issues like... You know, your parents not being there for you or your parent walking out of your life. You think that it's your fault or you think, hey, why can't I have the perfect family? But all in all, it really just kind of makes you stronger because you look at that as motivation to keep going. Because when it's your turn to have a kid, then you're going to show up for yourself and your kid. You're going to create a life for a person that is going to look up to you for the rest of their lives and you're going to outdo your parent and I feel like that's how it should be as a parent you should always be trying to outdo your parent understandable that you know you all like might have some of the same techniques and like parenting styles and everything okay but every parent is different which means if your parent was abusive and violent and I'll say like mentally abusive, emotionally abusive to you, that doesn't mean that you have to create the cycle of violence on your kid because that's not going to do anything but just make... And the thing is, it's it's a generational curse because if I'm violent and I'm abusive to my child and then they grow up to do it to their child and then they're just going to think that this is the norm, that this abuse is what builds a child... It's what makes a child stay in their place. It's what makes a child have structure. And it's like, no, you can just do that normally without trying to hurt them. Anyway, sometimes I feel like I get sidetracked. (laughs) Back to the story. Okay, so I feel like 
dealing with all of that is the reason why I wasn't able to be there for my friends. I was so focused on me and my unhealed self that I didn't even think to be there for my friends. Like, rather it being that I was going through something and I needed some distance, it's not hard to check up and try to be there for the people that were always there for you. Because nobody is going to always be there 100%. And that's what people have to understand. You're going to have to face things alone. You cannot have somebody holding your hand and micromanaging you your whole life. You just can't. Sometimes things have to happen in order for things to get better. Which means if you have to fall out with a person, it's, it's bound to happen. So just let it happen. Who knows? They might come back to you or who knows? They might need it to have gone anyways. But there's always room for improvement and there's always room for growth. So when it comes to being a friend, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we neglect people's feelings. We invalidate them. Like, I'll say, for instance, I have a friend, and the thing about this friend is that I know that he pretty much invalidates things all the time, but I guess what I do is I look at that, and I decide that I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to be mad at you, and I'm not going to be the reason why you know you think this is an argument because it's not so instead I just won't say anything but me not saying anything is what allowed me to deal with certain things because what you don't say you pretty much allow you're telling the person how to treat you by not telling them what you want and how you should actually be treated because acceptance (laughs) that's that's not it's not a good thing at all you shouldn't accept what people give to you if it's not what you want yeah you could be you know confused or whatever or whatnot but it shouldn't be to where you're accepting less than what a person should give you you should never expect the bare minimum and you should never receive the bare minimum yes people can definitely change but they change on their own times and for whatever reason they need to change. But as I was saying about this friend, so pretty much I feel like he invalidates feelings. And I feel like if I was to come to him like, hey, um, you know, me and you, we're friends, you know, we're cool. Um, I feel like Blah, 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 blah. I feel like you could have just told me this instead of pretty much just not telling me something. And then here you are, you know, you're stringing me along and you pretty much have me looking stupid because here I'm thinking that, you know, things are working out between us or 
here I'm thinking that, you know, things are getting better and you have another motive, you have another agenda. If you're my friend, I feel like you should be able to come to me and we should have those awkward conversations. It should never be a reason as to why you cannot come to me and we cannot talk about things. Address the elephant in the room. Stop trying to walk around it. Stop trying to sweep it under the rug. Stop trying to change the topic of conversation. No, address it. Because the longer that you just let it keep on happening, things are going to get worse and worse to the point where you feel like, I don't like to say the word hate, but you feel like you might hate a person. And that's not good, especially if they haven't done anything to you. Like, for instance, if someone leaves you on, then you didn't know any better. And you you were just, you know, reacting off of the emotions that you felt in that moment. But at the same time, you have to learn how to forgive yourself and forgive yourself for thinking that you were going to have more and you accepted the bare minimum. But you didn't know any better in that moment, so you only acted off of how you felt. But the thing is, you can't really be completely mad at that person because if they didn't say their intentions for you, then you never would have had to guess what they could have been. They would have just came out and told you, hey, I want to be with you, or hey, I don't want to be with you. You would have known regardless. But instead, because nobody said anything, y'all both took it upon yourselves to just keep on doing something. And that's not good. So... It's not good to invalidate anybody's feelings. I feel like somebody should definitely come to you and they should definitely be able to talk to you and you should understand what it is that they're trying to say. Even if it doesn't make any sense, hear them out first. It's never good to invalidate somebody's feelings and have them feeling less of themselves because you don't get where they're coming from. It's two sides to every story. It's the right side, it's the wrong side, and it's both sides. Okay, so it's three sides to every story. That's what I like to say. I feel like it's three sides. It's your side, it's my side, and then I feel like it's a common agreement. Sometimes you forget that the friends that were there for you are still trying to be present in your lives. So you will go days without speaking to them, weeks without speaking to them, months without speaking to them. Of course, you know, everybody has their own antisocial phase, but they could be going through something and you don't even know what they're going through. Because, you know, you just are pretty much doing what you're doing. So you kind of just forget about them. And it's not intentional, but it's nothing wrong with a hey. It's nothing wrong with a a text, a phone call. You don't have to sit up and talk for hours. I don't know why some friends like to do that. They think just because they haven't talked to you for a while, that y'all have to talk for hours and hours and hours on end. Y'all have to listen to each other's breaths and, you know, have to have your heartbeats in tandem and stuff like that when it gets quiet. Like, no, if you want to hang up, go ahead and hang up. I just called to make sure you were doing okay. Mental health check. How's everything going with you, with your family, with your job, with your health, with your wealth? Are you stable? Do you feel unstable? What's going on? Tell me, like, spill the tea. And I feel like we forget to do that because our friends, they're pretty much like family, but they're like more because we can confide in them and we can be there for them and they can be there for us. And then a strong friend, that's the person you really have to check on because the strong friend can make it look good. 
they could dress it up and make it real. In reality, they're the ones that suffer the most because they feel like they have to be strong. They feel like they can't cry in front of you. They can't show weakness in front of you. And that's not good. Showing weakness is actually really, really healthy. It actually gets you through a lot of things. Trying to bottle up your emotions and make it seem like you're so cold-hearted, that's not good. It makes you feel numb. And feeling numb is a terrible feeling to feel. Because when it comes time to actually try to express how you feel, nobody's going to really validate your feelings because they feel like, oh, well, you brush me off all the time when it comes to your feelings. So I'm pretty sure you don't want to talk about it now or you'll be OK or they'll give you something that you don't want to hear. And then you're just stuck looking like, wow, because they're so used to you just saying, I'm OK, I'm OK, I'm OK. When in reality, you're not. And it's OK not to be OK. If you trust your friends and they're there for you like they say they are, then you should be able to be vulnerable and let that guard down. Stop trying to build a wall. Let Stop trying to put a wall up. It's not going to do nothing for you. Nothing. It's going to make things worse. Trust me, I was the type of person who I definitely used to put a wall up. I am the strong friend. I'm the friend that hides my emotions. I'm the friend that used to invalidate others' emotions. Oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. I really don't care. Stop talking to me. That's it. There's nothing more to say about this conversation. I really don't care. I could care less. Then I had to realize that's not the way to talk to people. That's not the way to treat people. Because how am I going to sit up here and invalidate somebody else's feelings when I want mine to be validated? I don't want to listen to them, but I expect them to listen to me when I'm pissed off and I'm mad. Why does it have to be that I have to get pissed off and I have to get mad in order for you to understand what I'm trying to say to you? Maybe if the healed Courtney would instead say what she needs to say or the healed person would say what they need to say, then it would have to get to that point. You will be thinking, okay, well, this happened and that happened. So I'm going to come to that person right here, right now, instead of letting time go by and bottling up my emotions to the point where I'm just a ticking time bomb and I'm going to explode at any moment. That's not how you should treat things. And it's not how you should pretty much deal with situations with your friends. You never know what a person is truly going through. So by you trying to make it seem like you get what they're saying, just listen. It's a time to talk and it's a time to listen. And sometimes what we do as friends, we try to compare ourselves. Like we're going through something similar. So if I'm having a conversation with my friend and I'm talking about a breakup or something, and she, oh, girl, I know exactly how you feel. Well, no, you don't. Because my breakup and your breakup is two different things. Your breakup might have ended a little bit more positive than mine. And my breakup might have been a little bit more traumatic for me mentally or emotionally than it was for yours. So never compare yourself to somebody. You could probably say you go through similar things, but don't say you know exactly how I feel because you don't. Or, for instance, people try to be like, oh, you'll be okay. Like, no, if I'm coming to you and I'm trying to talk to you, then don't say I'll be okay. Because now I feel like you're being dismissive and I feel like you're dismissing my feelings. I feel like you're not taking what I'm saying into consideration. Or 
you know, they'll think, well, it's not that serious. You can get over it. Never tell a person they can get over something because you never know what they've been through to even get into that situation. I'll never tell a person to get over something because I don't know what it is to be in certain situations. I'll tell them, you don't get over things. You just get through things. You learn how to work with things. You learn how to overcome things. You never get over it because it can still be a trigger, but it's the way that you respond to it. It's how you heal from that trigger. And as friends, I feel like we don't listen to our friends. If they're talking, we shouldn't be trying to talk over them, talk with them, cut them off, change the subject. No, you talk. I listen. After I'm done listening, then I respond. Not, oh, girl, I understand exactly how you talk, what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. And then you notice that your friend will go quiet because now you're comparing your situation, which they don't want to hear. And then you just cut them off, which they don't like. And now you're talking about you. Now you look self-centered. And that's why they stop talking. Or that's the reason why they don't come to you for advice. Or that's the reason why they don't take your advice. Or that's the reason why they go back to doing exactly what they were doing before. And you keep looking at them like, wait a minute. Why do you keep doing the same things that you've been doing before? But it's a way to listen to a person. Listen completely. You might forget some things. I'm not even going to lie. I'm the type of person I'll listen to what you got to say. And I might forget maybe majority of the conversation. I'm sorry. Maybe. But then I'll pick out the most important parts and I'll realize what I need to respond to. And what I could possibly try to remember to respond to. So it's best to take all of that into consideration and understand that sometimes we learn to forget how to be friends to our friends. If you're in a friends with benefits type of relationship or well situationship, I should say, and it was with a close friend or something, then Ask yourself, one, what the heck am I doing here? Like, why am I trying to sit up here and make this work? Like, if they're not giving me what I want, I'm about to go. And then two, do I really know this person and really just be doing things like this with them? Are we really friends like that in real life? Or is it that we just have a a, a sexual or emotional connection in which we just gravitate towards each other to the point where we don't even know each other outside of this. We've been at this and trying to figure out what's been familiar for so long. And now it's to the point where this is all we have left. This is all we have in common. So now you don't even know a person outside of it, but what happened to just being friends with the person? I feel like one thing you should do is you should never stop trying to be a friend to a person. Yeah, you might fall off. But pick back up where you left off. Just because you haven't talked to a person in years don't mean that they necessarily hate you. Pick back up where you left off. That's all you have to do. Don't feel guilty. Just, hey, I'm so sorry. I haven't talked to you in like 27 years. Which is kind of ridiculous. But hey, it happens. 
I'm sorry, I haven't talked to you within like 27 years. I hope everything's going good with the family, with the kids. I've been going through a lot myself. I've been going through a journey of healing. I've been going through different jobs. I've been taking care of my health. And I've just been trying to make a better life for me and my family. How are you? That's just that simple. Anyways, learn how to be a friend. Continue to be a friend. Don't forget how to be a friend. Work on your friendships and work on you. And you guys will be all right. All right.